So if you guys have any questions whatsoever about keto or intermittent fasting, whether you're starting keto as a new person or just need to debug your program, or you have a question about a product, call one of our keto consultants. They'll be able to help you. Call 540-299-1557. That's 540-299-1557. Welcome to the Dr. Berg's Healthy Keto and Intermittent Fasting Podcast, where Dr. Berg takes you on the journey for the truth about getting healthy and losing healthy weight. Did you realize that the great majority of hypothyroid conditions are not really a thyroid problem? Now, 90% of all hypothyroid conditions are Hashimoto's, okay? That's an autoimmune condition. It just so happens that the autoimmune condition where the thyroid has antibodies attacking itself is an immune dysfunction, not necessarily a thyroid problem. But yes, it is affecting the thyroid big time. So this is probably why so many people that have this condition they go to the doctor, they get prescribed Synthroid or some other thyroid medication, and they don't seem to ever resolve the problem. They get on this medication and it goes on and on and on. And many times they don't lose weight. Many times they're still tired because you're solving the wrong problem. In fact, if you look up hypothyroidism, you will see that the cause of this condition states that it is low thyroid hormones, okay? Well, yeah, but what's causing that? What is underneath that? That would be like saying the cause of your infection is a fever, but what's triggering the fever? You have to look underneath it. Now, if you have the other 10% of hypothyroidism that's not involved with the Hashimoto's condition, you also have to know that it could be secondary to something else because 80% of the conversion from T four to T3 happens through the liver. So if there's anything going on with your liver, let's say you have a fatty liver, and the way that you would know that you would have a fatty liver is that you have a big belly, or you have a missing gallbladder, or you have gallbladder damage, or anything wrong with either the liver or the gallbladder, it could mean that you're just not getting the conversions from T4 to T3 because that occurs in the liver. Now, there's also a condition where you could have too much estrogen in the body, in which case that estrogen can block the thyroid. So you can see now that there are other causes to a secondary thyroid condition. Now, there's some other data that talks about consuming too much cruciferous vegetable and that depleting your iodine, causing a thyroid problem. The human studies on that are very, very uh, sparse. And even then, you'd have to consume a tremendous amount of cruciferous vegetables to deplete enough iodine to then create a weakness within the thyroid. But there's no data out there that consuming cruciferous vegetables will kill the thyroid. That is completely a myth. So if you are concerned about that, just simply steam the cruciferous vegetables, okay? Or consume them fermented and take some sea kelp because that would give you some iodine that potentially could be depleted from consuming cruciferous vegetables. But you just have to realize that you would have to consume a tremendous amount over a long period of time to create an impactful influence on your iodine reserve. So I think 
The reverse might be even better because the benefits of consuming cruciferous vegetables can help regulate estrogen, and estrogen is one thing that can block the thyroid. In fact, if you have too much estrogen, one of the side effects is you get nodules in the thyroid gland as well as in the breast, as well as in your ovaries. And plus, there are a lot of antioxidants and nutrients in the cruciferous vegetables that could help not just the thyroid, but the entire body. And of course, I would recommend, regardless of whether you have a Hashimoto's condition or some other thyroid condition, to avoid soy products, like especially the soy protein isolate products and the soy oil, which is typically GMO. And I would definitely avoid gluten because there is a connection between consuming gluten and having it uh, mess with your colon and then having it affect the thyroid. Now, switching gears, Hashimoto's being an autoimmune condition usually involves some type of immune dysfunction. And there's some interesting links between Epstein-Barr virus and Hashimoto's. And that would make a lot of sense because something went wrong in your immune system. And one way to cause a dysfunction in the immune system where you would suppress certain parts of the immune system to allow this self-attack to occur because your body is not able to differentiate um, some pathogen like a virus and itself potentially could stem from a virus infection. Viruses and other pathogens create a lot of dysfunction in your immune system. They also have different strategies to block your vitamin D and steal certain nutrients. There's also a connection between gut problems and Hashimoto's. Why would that be? Well, simply because 70% of your entire immune system is located in the gut. So if you're consuming a lot of bread and things like that with gluten, that could tear up your gut and actually set this whole thing up. So the solution is not some quick little remedy, even though there are certain nutrients that can help you, like selenium and zinc for sure, but both of these greatly support your immune system. And realize it's gonna take a, a bigger approach to get the entire body super healthy to really overcome this condition. You're gonna to have to restore the gut. This means you're gonna to have to change your diet for sure. And I would highly recommend you do the healthy version of ketosis as well as intermittent fasting because both of those can greatly help um, this condition. The intermittent fasting is really important because that will drop inflammation. And a lot of the damage from Hashimoto's occurs from the inflammation. So if you could actually rid the inflammation part of this, you can get the gland to start to come back. Now also realize that these Epstein-Barr viruses are very, very sneaky. They can go in remission and come out of remission, usually activated by stress. So decreasing your stress is a vital thing to start to see some change. But what's interesting is if you do a search on Google, um, does stress affect Hashimoto's? You will see the entire page will say, no, it has no relationship, blah, blah, blah. And I'm always suspect of these hardcore statements by conventional medicine or the mainstream news. In fact, and this is just my opinion, is that all you have to do is take what the mainstream news is saying about health, okay, as far as their recommendations, that they're sure this is a fact, okay, and realize it's probably exactly the opposite. And this has been true for so many things, like the high-fat diet clogs up your arteries, 
or we need to go on a low calorie diet to lose weight. The list goes on and on and on. Just find out what they're recommending and go the exact opposite and you'll probably end up very, very healthy. But I know from being in practice for 29 years, the cases that came in with Hashimoto's, they are literally always stressed out to the max. And also they have a lot of gut problems. And I do know when they deal with this stress and they start to really take care of this situation, uh, the symptoms do improve greatly. The other thing that you could take is garlic. Garlic is one of the best things for viruses in general. And that could at least decrease the viral loads if there's a virus involved. The nutrients that can help the conversion from T4 to T3. Check it out, I put it right here. Hey guys, I just wanna let you know I have my new keto course just came out. It's a mini course. It covers all the basics and how to do it correctly. You can get through this in probably 20 minutes at the very most. So if you're interested, click the link below and get signed up now.